Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with tech founder and managing director, Sonia Kuto. She is a two-time tech founder with an 18-year tenure in the tech industry. She's a breast cancer survivor. She has navigated the complexities of a male-dominated field with expertise and determination. Her passion is deeply rooted in technology, entrepreneurship, and health, and she is dedicated to mentoring founders to overcome early-stage challenges and cultivate a mindset for sustained growth. Her approach to problem-solving is characterized by simplicity and clarity. Enjoy this interview. It's great to meet you. And I want to begin our conversation with the fact that we're coming up on this four-year anniversary of the pandemic. How did you get through the pandemic and how did it change you? Um, how did I get through it? I I try to, I, I didn't really do the whole work from home thing. I only did it for a little while. Yeah. Uh, my, my team was working from home, but I went to the office every day, even though I was there by myself. It was really good for me to just have that continue that routine of getting up, getting dressed, shower, <laughs> go to the office, get off at five. The, the time that I was working at home, I had no time to start, no time to end. It was like 11 p.m. and I'd still be in front of my computer. So I think that's sort of what got me through it. Um, what changed? Uh, I feel like I have way more meetings now than I ever did before because of COVID. <laughs> I find myself like I'm always in back-to-back -back meetings because people just got in the habit of booking virtual meetings versus, you know, when you're in person, go to the boardroom. And now I just like, I don't know. I wish I could go back to the days prior to COVID <laughs> where I didn't have as many meetings, uh -huh. but it's, it, that's what's really changed. <laughs> I guess it's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, you don't have to physically be there all the time, but it's almost as though people have gotten real goofy with just throwing out all of these little things that need to be done all the time. Yeah. It's just like, there's a meeting for everything. Yeah. Yeah. There's a meeting for a meeting. <laughs> so I know that you're, 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 you're a managing director, you're in technology, but if I had to break down exactly what you do on a daily basis, I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's career day. And one of the kids says, Hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? I build tech products, so apps um, that are brand new and we take it to market in specific industries. So we build our own applications and take it to market. And then we also help companies build software for their businesses, for their startups. Uh, if they have an idea and they don't know how to go about it, we help them go from you know step A to go to market, marketing, uh, sales and all of that process. So uh, essentially, we build software products. So when you were in that seat in the third grade, what did you want to be when you grew up? In the third grade, I I don't know. I didn't really have aspirations to be anything at the time. I think in high school, I always knew that I was going to be in business, some sort of business. I've always loved entrepreneurship and you know, I always at a very young age, I always had like side hustles, no matter what kind of job I had. So I always knew I was going to end up being in the space where I was innovating or inventing or building things. So how did this how did this software technology skill of yours happen? How did entrepreneurship, how did all these seeds grow into who you are today? Yeah, I started my career out in accounting and in, in particularly in manufacturing space. 
And then I uh, went into accounting and operations, also in manufacturing. So I would, I would go into a manufacturing plant and they would tell me we want to uh, eliminate some of the workforce with machines so that we can build faster. So I would go in and analyze what, what's the cost of the machines, how much time and money is it going to save over time. And I would physically go into a plant and help them lay it out and figure out what machines and what resources you're going to need to build out this many units per month, per year, et cetera. And then from that, I got recruited to a tech company to sort of start off on the accounting side. But as soon as I started working there, I noticed that they had a lot of number one overhead. Uh, they were a custom software shop. They never knew when their next project was coming in. And so I noticed for a long time, they would have resources just sitting there waiting and not really doing anything. So I didn't feel like that, that they were being utilized and it was kind of, you know, spending money for nothing. So I sort of integrated the accounting and the operations within this tech company. And because I did that, I started learning a lot more about, you know, tech projects and technology and building apps, building custom software for, you know, startups or for an existing business that has all these different systems and needs to connect them um, so that they're all speaking to one another through APIs and things like that. So I spent a lot of the first couple of years just really, really learning. And then I started getting involved in ideas and how to build out specific uh, products for, for clients and making it easier. And I just, I just really became really curious. And I, what I knew on the accounting and operations side in manufacturing, I just applied it. Essentially, it's the same thing. I'm not technical. I don't build source code, but I can work with developers and say, this is what we need built. This is the idea. And then work with them on how to build out the features because I know I'm, I'm the user. So I can guide the developers on how to build it so that, you know, if you want to build a bridge to cross the, to cross over to the other side, you're not going to build a rocket ship. So I can work with our team to make sure that we're building with simplicity cost effective and instead of building a rocket ship to cross over i make sure we're building a bridge which is something that's very common in in technology and building applications where you can tend to overcomplicate things and i'm glad you said that because all of us deal with apps it's just a part of our lives now mm -hmm. so from your perspective if you looked at your phone what's one of the best executed apps one of the most user-friendly an ideal app that's on your phone that you love? Oh my gosh, I have so many. <laughs> um, I, I think I would say like, it, it's not just an app, but a lot of the Google um, uh, apps that they have. So like the Google uh, G Suite yeah. and the way they organize the, the calendar and the Gmails, I think for like a business person who has a million things going on, like I have, you know, six different email addresses and different calendars. So I love how they've sort of made that to be integrated so yeah. that I, I can have five different calendars and five different counts and, and build everything into one. I also have a lot of Microsoft tools that I use on my desktop. I'm not a, I'm not a Mac person. So I love how um, Google also takes that into account and I'm able to sort of put everything in one and look at my day and have, my day planned out because I, I, I run a software development company, but I also have two, they're not startups any longer. They were, but I have two other products that are their own businesses. So I need to be able to 
keep very organized. So I find that the the Google Suite really is one of the most um, tools that I use on my phone. Like I can I can be away from my computer, uh, away from my desk, and I can still work through my phone because of the tools that they provide. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually an IT tech by day, and I'm amazed at how all of that can get integrated into anything. You know, importing accounts, making everything work seamlessly. Um, so who's been kind of a hero for you in your life? A hero? You know, at a very young age, I loved watching Dragon's Den. And Arlene Dickinson, obviously, uh, was one of my heroes. I read her books. And, you know, she was one of the people that really inspired me into, you know, I know I knew that at the time, 18 years ago, I was a woman in tech and it was like a very male dominated space and nobody really talked about it back then, but her sort of, you know, how she went about it and talked about these, these spaces and wrote her books. Like she really inspired me and she still does anytime she's in town and she's speaking somewhere. I always make a point to go. So I think she's one of my heroes. So you may have already answered my question. If you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now that you're fascinated by, who would it be? Who would you uh, love to meet? Yeah, definitely her, which yeah. I, I have met her. Um, yeah, she's she's definitely up there. So the the one thing about the American story or even the international story of business is that there's all these successes. It's kind of like sports. What's your favorite business tech success story that that exists? Business success story. Hmm. I'm I'm a big I'm I'm a big uh, believer of talking about the failures because everyone okay. seems to have success. Yeah. Um. But success stories. I mean, uh, off the top of my head, um, there's so much, so many out there. Um, I think Wealth Simple is a really good success story. I don't know if you've heard of them. They are uh, Canada based, but um, they started a platform that allows you to do your own, um, buy your own stocks and, and trade on your own. They also have a service where you can, uh, they can do it for you. So it's sort of like, they call it a financial services for millennials. And uh, I remember when I first heard about it, I'm like, oh, you know, but then I looked into it and they've raised like a bunch of capital and they've now, they, they're doing so well. But I think that what they built out is such a simple yet useful application where the consumer now you know we're not traders by day nobody really knows what they they're doing but they've made it a, a fintech it's technically fintech but they made an application where you as a consumer can go in and you can look at stocks and you can choose to buy like a google stock or a tesla stock for example and you can even look at stocks that pay you dividends and then they pay you the dividends and they really guide you through that process and it's such a simple way of doing it and the usability is really easy so i think they're like a really big success story i don't know if they're big in the u.s yet but in canada definitely like a really innovative company so speaking of apps and technology and how it changes so much um the, the world of apps is relatively new i would say they're teenagers and we never had this you know even 15 years ago where do you think all of this is going? As somebody that develops apps, that has a pulse on technology and watching things evolve, where do you think we're going? What do you think is going to be the next thing that could be developed that will help people reach other people in, in the market? Yeah, I mean, definitely 
yeah, you're, you're right. The the app's still in, in in the teenager space, and it's it's going to grow. I I don't I don't know how to answer that question. I do know that AI is going to play a big part of it. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. I mean, I think I I could I could go really out there. I think that you know gamification is something that I think is fantastic, just because it it it's you know playing sort of, but teaching you at the same time. So I think that education is definitely going to change over time with these apps. You know, more and more I'm seeing online um, students uh, talking about their frustrations about how they're being taught in schools and how teachers, and I'm not bashing the, the, the education system by any means, but, you know, students are being are frustrated at how they don't feel like they're learning real life skills. And I'll give you an example. Um, a lot of students say that they are in school, they are not prepared for how to manage accounting in their lives, you know, how to manage debt, credit card debt, and a mortgage and savings, you know, they're just not taught how to do that in school, even though we have math classes from, you know, kindergarten, not kindergarten, but you know, elementary to high school. And so there are apps out there that are teaching uh, young kids and, and teenagers and adults how to manage your money so that you can manage debt or you can get out of debt or you can save for things like a vacation, just basic things like learning how to save, right? So I think the future of definitely the education system is going to change through apps. And I think that uh, even universities are, are going to be impacted by all of the gamification and the apps that are coming out because more and more students are feeling like I'm not getting enough out of school and they're going outside of that to learn. Yeah, I agree. So what is the motivation for you every day to get up, to do the work that you do and to evolve as yourself? How does that all work? What's the motivator? You know what? I got breast cancer a couple of years ago and uh, failure is not an option for me. I'm a fighter and I wake up every day and I think I've been given an opportunity to keep living. I'm not going to waste it. And I'm going to use it to keep innovating. I believe in technology for good. So a technology that technology that serves a purpose, that helps people not hinder or make you just be in front of a phone all day long. And I want to keep discovering and, and building and helping people. So that's really my, my motivation. I don't necessarily have like a very specific thing that I'm focused on. I just want to be creative and keep thinking, keep learning. I'm a, I'm a big learner. I, I think, you know, every day I learn something new and I believe that you die, that you stop learning the day you die. So yeah, that's, I just want to, I, I just want to take advantage of the opportunity I've been given to keep living my life. So of all of the clients that you've helped, what's one of your favorite success stories? I'm going to say that it's actually one of my own products. Yeah. Uh, which is called Menusano. Um, we launched this product like years ago, and I was one of the original uh, people on the founding team. I wasn't necessarily leading the whole thing. I took over after the lead, the founding team left, and I pivoted and, and managed it. But I think it's a it's a really innovative technology that disrupts a, a indi a industry that's very traditional, which is you know how do you get nutrition information and nutrition labels for the food service industry. And usually traditionally how you do that is you send food to a lab 
to get analyzed or you hire a nutritionist or a dietitian and things like that. And we've solved that problem with technology where, you know, it's a, it's an application, you log in, you create recipes. We provide you all of the um, ingredients and items that have been tested that are government approved. So in Canada, we work with the CFIA in the U S we work with USDA. So all of the ingredients that we provide are government sourced. And then we provide all of the compliance for, for labels, all the rounding rules. We do all that work. So I think that's like a really big success story because when we first launched that product, it was actually a fail and nobody wanted it. And we were able to, I think it's a success story because we were able to launch, relaunch it and create a need for a market that didn't have a need at the time by working with government locally and creating that need uh, for food service to have to have that information. So, you know, like when you go to a restaurant, you see calories on the menu. We yeah. were part of that in Canada, yeah, Ontario specifically. So I think it's really, you know, taking something that there's a need for and mm -hmm. innovating and getting it out there. Sometimes it's not always a, a success, but how it's really about your thinking process and what you're going to do with it. I think one of the best things we did was uh, that decision I made after the original team left was to shelf it. And I always knew that we were going to shelf it temporarily, but shelving it meant not wasting investors money on it or any money on it so that we could really think about how are we going to relaunch it and make it successful. So that was one of the best things we did. And it really worked out well for us. So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into the 18-year-old version of yourself. You can give that young version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom that you've gained, the life you've led. What advice would you give that young version of you? Don't be afraid to take risks. I find that just for me in general, I'm, I'm always, I've always been very afraid to step out of my comfort zone and take that risk. But once you do it's like, okay, I, nobody was holding me back. I was holding myself back. And also, I think the other piece of advice is don't, don't rely or count on other people. If you want to do something, just, just start. You might need people after, later on, along the way, but don't rely on other people to get yourself started. The minute you get yourself started, you're now out there, you have to keep going. So now you're finding solutions to keep going because you've already started, right? Now, if you need someone to come on and help you, and, uh, you know, you might have to hire people and things like that. That's that those are problems that you can solve after. But I think the hardest thing is just getting started. Don't be don't be afraid to take risks, just get out there, start, and then everything else will fall into place. So of everything that you've done and become and overcome in your life, what are you the proudest of? I think I'm definitely going to say overcoming breast cancer because that was a really, really tough thing for me. And I, that whole journey, I sort of went through it by myself. And there was a lot of ups and downs, but I was able to mentally cope and, and go through it and come out, you know, obviously I'm still, I still deal with the emotional part of it. But I was really able to to get out of it and become a better version of myself. So at the end of the day, everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I think I'm a very passionate person. I'm a giver. And when I set my mind to something or I say I'm going to do something, I go into it wholeheartedly. 
I put a thousand percent of myself into everything that I'm passionate about. Um, I guess maybe sometimes people don't see that because I have my own way uh, of doing things, but I, w when I focus and like, I, I, I've had some of my mentors call me a dog with a bone because when I, when I'm on something, I, I go all the way I'm all in. So if anyone out there wants to hire you, learn more about you, reach out, anything about your world, where can they go? Yeah, uh, they can go to our website, which is converge with a K dot com. And there you have all of our information about uh, the custom software that we built, uh, the venture uh, uh, part of the business that we have where we, in we invest in startups as well. And then our products, Menusano, Field Vehicle, uh, you can contact me, everything's there. Excellent. Sonia, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for your story. Best of luck with everything. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Yeah.